We're told the imposing church of Saint-Marie-Madeleine in Paris, with its 52 Corinthian columns surrounding the entire building, looks more like a Roman temple than a Catholic church. The eight columns that form the front façade support an impressive pediment sculpture titled The Last Judgment, looming over the entrance of the church, created by Philippe-Joseph-Henri Le Maire in 1829. For centuries, the subject of The Last Judgment was a common motif for artists. It is also one of the central themes of the Catholic Requiem liturgy, which has received countless musical settings beginning with Ockham in the late 15th century and continuing to the present day. When the attendees of the funeral of Joseph Le Souchefaché in 1888 walked between the pediment and into La Madeleine, little did they realize that the work they were about to hear, Gabriel Faure's setting of the Requiem, would express a theology directly at odds with that of Le Maire's pediment, and more important, that of the Roman Catholic Church. Just one example, whereas Le Maire's pediment depicts Gabriel with a trumpet announcing the Day of Judgment, Faure uses the more diffuse horns rather than trumpets, softening the impact of the announcement, and that's in the Libera May. that we learn from an article titled La Madeleine's Requiem Faith by Jeffrey Fox and David Rail. There were clocks at the top of the steeple of St. Boniface Roman Catholic Church in Williamsport, built in 1874, which served the community until 1972 when it tragically burned. Those who entered the church up to that point walked under the clocks, probably checking to make sure they weren't late for Mass, rather than seeing those clocks as a reminder of the passage of time and of their mortality, as the pediment at La Madeleine did. The new St. Boniface has no clock on the façade, but instead there is a freestanding bell tower calling the community together, marking time in a musical way. St. Boniface Church in Williamsport will commemorate the Feast of All Souls tomorrow evening with the Requiem Mass setting by Gabrielle Faure. The St. Boniface Choir and members of the Williamsport Symphony Orchestra, over 50 musicians in all, will be directed by Dr. Gary Burkle with soloists Kent Weaver and Bernadette Burkle. We had a chance to speak by phone with Dr. Burkle about the performance and the piece to be presented. We all are familiar with Halloween, and of course the term comes from the evening before All Hallowed Day, and so All Hallows, or All Saints Day, is the first of November, a day in which we remember the lives of those we are certain, made official by the Catholic Church, have gone to heaven. The day after All Saints Day is All Souls Day, and that I like to think of as the day for the rest of us. Uh, it's the day that they celebrate in Mexico as the Day of the Dead. 
And it's the day in the cycle or the calendar of events in the church is the day in which the Mass for the Dead, the Requiem Mass, is the Mass for the Day. So on that day, if you have the resources, uh, the singers, the instrumentalists, and the financial resources, you can perform as part of the Mass one of the great Masses of the past, Masses by people like Mozart and Faure and Berlioz and Verdi, and some of these masses are so vast that doing them in a context in a parish church would be really almost unthinkable. I'm thinking of the Verdi and the Berlioz. But masses like those by Mozart or Dorfley or Faure are quite possible. And if uh, you've got the singers and the instrumentalists, it can be a wonderful and memorable experience. And so it is with St. Boniface. Tell us about the church itself, a little bit about St. Boniface. So St. Boniface uh, was one of the patron saints of Germany in the same sense that Patrick was one of the patrons of Ireland. And so when German-speaking settlers came to this country, they often named their parish church after St. Boniface. And such was the case in Williamsport. Uh, These settlers, I believe, arrived in the Uh, First few decades of the 19th century, I think around 1840, the parish was established, named after St. Boniface. And like uh, German parishes everywhere, they took their music very, very seriously. In the uh, late 1800s, a singing, Gesangverein, a singing um, club, was established in a building just south of the church, and many of the parishioners men at that point would go to the Gesangverein and sing regularly, and sometimes these same men would sing in the men and boys choir at the Catholic Church. The men and boys choir ceased to be uh, in the late 1960s, just harder and harder to get uh, boys uh, to commit to that kind of thing, and they began to have a mixed choir, And then in 1993, I suppose, I became the choir director there, and we've been doing requiems on November 2nd uh, fairly regularly over those 30 years. I would say that uh, we've done the Mozart at least five times, and this will probably be our fifth or sixth time doing the foray. We've also done multiple performances of the Durafle and uh, one performance of the Rudder. And I'm grateful that the Church is willing to uh, allow us to bring in professional musicians, members of the Williamsport Symphony, to perform with us. And the choir always looks forward to this as a very, very special occasion. And this work, as you point out in your notes, Gary, is one that is exquisite, but it's also not the storm and the drong and the day of wrath. Yeah, I, I, I remember one time the Williamsport Symphony had performed some requiems in recent years. I can still remember one man saying to his wife in my hearing, oh, I wish they'd stop doing these requiems. They're so morbid. And uh, I remember thinking, were you really paying attention It's true that the older requiems, Mozart, for example, or Verdi or Berlioz, made much of the medieval poem, the Dies Irae, which describes 
very graphically the terrors of the Day of Judgment. But for the most part, the Requiem Mass is about, I like to think of it as giving us a chance to go through those moments of the people we loved who died, those moments between the actual moment of death and that moment certainly of confusion and fear and hope gradually giving way to complete assurance as we encounter our parents and the angels and the heavenly Jerusalem. And uh, that happy part of the Requiem was the part that appealed most to Foray. He did not set, except for a couple of phrases, the Dies Irae at all. He focused on the more uh, uplifting and encouraging and hopeful texts of the Mass. And in that sense, he was a bit of a prophet, because in the 1960s, the Vatican Council that uh, allowed uh, Catholics for the first time to hear the Mass in their native language also decided that the DSCRA could probably be dispensed with during the Requiem Mass. There is a sense of comfort in the tone of the piece, and you mentioned the exquisite P.A. Yezu. Tell us why that's so touching. <sighs> yeah, the P.A. Yezu. I think it was, it might have been Saint-Saëns who said the foray, well, there are many P.A. Yezus, but there's really only yours. It's just such a magnificent setting. And what are these words? Well, actually, these are, this is a phrase, from the Diasire, but what it says, it comes at the very end of the poem, is, O Lord, have mercy on us. And it's set by Foray in a, in a way that inspires complete confidence. We don't hear the singer begging or pleading, but rather there's a sense that Redemption has taken place, and we have a song of quiet ecstasy. And Gary, what about the instrumental forces then? What did Foray call for originally? We hear it different ways, don't we? So uh, he wrote it, and he called it his Little Requiem. And uh, he was a church organist, and he did intend for it to be used at his church. He uh, was an organist, and he wrote it originally for organ and a relatively small ensemble, meaning some violas, some cellos, one violin for just one solo passage, harp, a couple of horns, and possibly a few other instruments. Now, years later, uh, when he had become a very, very famous French composer, his publisher said, oh, please arrange this for full orchestra and I will be happy to publish it. And he did, although it's rumored that much of that orchestration was done by a student. 
Anyway, that's the way the Requiem was heard almost exclusively during its first hundred years or so. About 30, 35 years ago, John Rutter decided to investigate the early version, the chamber version of the piece. He liked what he saw, and he made his own arrangement of the original foray, which is now being performed more and more frequently. That's what we do at St. Boniface. We do it with four violas, four cellos, double bass, two horns, and organ. And uh, I found that the, that the violin solo, which is very difficult and exposed, and the person has to be able to just play it after sitting through the mass for 25 minutes, it works just well on the organ. So we're going to dispense with the solo violin. But you were saying, what is it about that orchestration? Well, notice no violins, violas, cellos, bass, very warm, horns, so tastefully written. There are moments when the horn suggests something magnificent, obviously the presence of God. But for the most part, the orchestra and the organ produce sounds of comfort and restrained, but very, very marked joy. And Gary, how about the soloists? Are they angels? Who are they? Are they just voices? It's so much. It's so funny that you should say that, because uh, at one point during the rehearsals for this, I said to the sopranos, now you understand that you are angels to foray, and you have to sound like angels. What I didn't know until I did a little reading later on is that he very much liked the soprano part to be sung by boys. I don't have those resources, but I do have angelic-sounding sopranos, and I'm happy that they are eager to sing with the purity of sound that I think the piece calls for. Now, soloists, well, there is certainly an angel among the soloists. She happens to be my wife, Bernadette, who has a voice that I consider uh, perfect for this piece. She um, has a purity of sound and an absolute perfection of pitch that make her a natural for the PAEZU, and that's her big solo. The baritone soloist is an old and dear friend. His name is Kent Weaver. He was for many years the conductor of the Williamsport High School Orchestra. He's a graduate of the choir college. Uh, he's a magnificent singer. So is his wife, a wonderful contralto. We've worked together on so many projects, including the Mikado, in which Kent was Poobah, and a wonderful Poobah, I must say. So those are our singers. From Poobah to paradise. So, Gary, what are your challenges? Of course, you know the space, and you know the acoustical properties of the church itself, which you are comfortable with. I can tell you a little bit about that, Erica. The old church, it was a beautiful neo-Gothic structure. It burned in the 1970s. In fact, they had a spate of uh, arson in that period, and several churches, beautiful old churches, were uh, destroyed. When they built the new church around 1975, they built it in a modern style, and they took a special pains with the acoustics and with the organ. They hired an acoustician who did an amazing job. It's a resonant space, but it's not an echoey space. It just adds great warmth, and people who sing in the church love the experience. Kent was telling me, for example, how much he always looks forward to singing there because there's a warmth to the building and the sound that it gives to the voices. The organ is a Rufati, uh, is one of the first Rufati organs made for this country. They are brothers, Rufati 
uh, Fratelli, and they have gone on to a marvelous career. In fact, a friend of mine who owns a piano store in Philadelphia was telling me that the Rufati brothers are now in charge of all the historic organs in Italy, the whole country. These are very successful, and they built a magnificent organ for St. Boniface. We are very lucky indeed. Well, Gary, tell us how we can experience this, because it does sound like an experience. (laughs) The Mass will take place at 7 p.m. on Thursday, November 2nd. It is a Mass, but all are welcome. certainly don't have to be Catholic. And it's free. And uh, the church seats 800, so there should be plenty of room to be comfortable. The seats are padded, and some of them, uh, some of them are wood, it's true. But that just helps you stay awake. And uh, Father McCreary is our pastor. He's a young man who very much enjoys uh, music, and uh, he will be singing some chant and will be responding in chant. I think it will be an experience to touch the soul. Dr. Gary Burkle, the director of the choir and the music program at St. Boniface Church, Washington Boulevard in Williamsport, speaking about a program tomorrow evening, and that program on November 2nd will commemorate the Feast of All Souls with the Requiem Mass setting by Gabriel Faure. The St. Boniface Choir and members of the Williamsport Symphony Orchestra, over 50 musicians in all, will be directed by Dr. Burkle with soloists Kent Weaver and Bernadette Burkle. And all are welcome to attend. It is a Mass, as Dr. Burkle pointed out. There is no admission charge, but it is the entire exquisite Mass, the Requiem Mass setting of Gabriel Faure at St. Boniface Church, 326 Washington Boulevard, in Williamsport tomorrow evening at 7.00.